Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this new installment of the Next One Podcast. And we have a very special guest on the Next One Podcast. <laughs> My friend Dylan Mitchell is here. Dylan, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great. I'm tired, but I'm here to give this podcast some energy. So I heard uh, two hosts are out, so I'm going to try to bring the energy for two people. Yep, Tom is probably hammered at a pit game or Duquesne. I forget who's playing tonight. I'm jealous, jealous. Yeah, yeah, he's he's living it up. And Josh is on the opposite end of the spectrum. He's having a kid, and he found out it was a boy. So Josh, shout out to uh, congratulations having a boy. So I, so quick uh story. If you didn't listen to this episode, uh, I thought he was kidding about having a kid because I first found out he was like having a kid when he just mentioned on the podcast, and I was like like joking this oh you're just gonna like ditch that kid he's like no i'm having a kid i was like oh shit <laughs> my bad <laughs> i found it on the that's podcast great. Uh, that's great. but congrats to josh he's having a boy so uh everyone uh congratulate josh i think he was yeah, gunning for, for sure. a boy but dylan i'm so excited to have you on the podcast we have lots of stuff to talk about for sure yes we do but before we get into any of that, we're going to do our opening thoughts. I'm trying to get this going. Just anything that we weren't going to talk about in the podcast, you have an open platform to talk about right now. So what's your opening thought, Dylan? All right. I'll give you a hockey take because I don't think it's going to happen often. So those of you that don't follow the Bruins, uh, Bruce Cassidy recently called out Taylor Hall and I don't know how you feel about coaches calling out players directly or by name, but sometimes it doesn't go well. But in this case, I think Bruce Cassidy uh, had some wherewithal to think that he's got a matchup coming up tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. And I think it's a good uh, revenge game for him. It's it's a solid chance for uh, Taylor Hall to just, finally get back on track this season (laughs) that's that's all I have to say is I want slash need Taylor Hall to get back on track because you said I can take this wherever I want right this is more of a prediction slash want I'm kind of willing it into existence I think Taylor Hall is going to score a goal tonight so what what I didn't actually see this what exactly did uh, he call Taylor Hall out for um well so he he had like a bad I think he had a bad turnover at one point. And so the final nine minutes of their last game, he benched him. He didn't play him. And basically was like, yeah, we can't have costly mistakes like that. Like, so just, it wasn't anything crazy. It's just, you knew he's calling out Taylor Hall. Yeah. And I feel like hockey players take that a lot more in stride for whatever reason. I think hockey's a much more, uh, a lot less egos i'd say like this that might just be pure ignorance by me because i'm not like in on the hockey like day-to-day uh, oh i'm not in i'm not in on the hockey day-to-day conversation at all i just wanted to take this outside but keep it to sports yeah no i, I like that uh taylor hall get your shit together I'm just kidding. uh <laughs> but hey but get your shit together but, but yeah get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> uh so hey i love some bruins talk um uh, my opening take is not about sports. It is about daylight savings. And uh, I think Ben Franklin really screwed us on this one. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see the point of it. Uh, I know it's coming every year. It happens. And somehow I'm still shocked of it happening every year. Just 
I'm, it's nice to sleep in that one day, but is it really worth three to four months of darkness? Because I, I'd much rather commute in the morning to work and it be completely dark out than commuting home from work and it being completely dark out. Because it's just, I need, is it, does the sun give you vitamin D or is it vitamin C? I don't yep. even know. I, I think it's vitamin D because yeah. that's like, what a melanin or i don't know let's not get into that that's that that's wasn't science. my major in college yeah <laughs> science. but i feel like vitamin d i just don't get any of it in the winter and that's why i'm a pale mess so uh ben franklin uh we're coming after you even though i'm in franklin massachusetts where everything's about ben franklin yeah i mean i feel you the tradition of late is to give people their flowers that are like deceased but this time we're pulling the flowers right off his grave like yeah, yeah. ben franklin you screwed us man right we should cancel big i'm some big ben ben franklin we, to... we can cancel uh, uh, both ben i mean i think big ben has more reasons to get canceled <laughs> oh yeah worst qb in the nfl right now cancel uh, him for that alone uh, if thomas on his podcast he'd be very upset because he's a big steelers fan but, I'm so sorry, but he may be QB 31 or 32 this year. The defense is carrying him. I think he's averaging like 4.6 air yards. I saw also Najee Harris. He, he's a already a, already a top 10 running back in the league. I, I'd say top five. I think that he's like what makes the offense. Anything that offense does is through Najee Harris. Like mm-hmm. it's because either play action or Najee Harris is getting all purpose yards. So. Shout out Najee Harris. No shout out to Ben Franklin for uh, changing the clocks on us. Love the take. <laughs> so this was the perfect day to do the podcast. I'm glad it didn't happen yesterday because all the news came out today. And if we did the podcast yesterday, it'd be completely irrelevant. And we'll start with, you know, I, what do you want to start with Dylan? Do you want to start with uh, the cam news or Odell news? What do you think uh, you want to talk about right now? Um, We'll go chronologically. We'll go with Cam first because that's what uh, broke first. Yeah, Cam Cam was taking full advantage of Odell leaving the spotlight hanging. Odell was going to try to milk it to the weekend, but as soon as that Cam news hit, I think that's why OBJ decided to sign. You know what? I didn't even think of that, but that is a perfectly logical explanation. The egos of both of them? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I, I think Cam's ego's taken it down a little just because I think he's kind of humbled by no one wanting him this offseason. But he, yeah, he I, th- I think you're right, actually. Like, I think Odell, originally I thought Odell would make the decision during Thursday Night Football just so, like, everyone's watching TV, everyone's going to be talking about Odell. Yep. And then I started to believe that Odell would have uh, delayed it till Sunday because that's what they were saying. And then and all like of a sudden... like have Collinsworth break it or someone like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go to the Rams. All right, but we'll talk about that side. Let's talk Cam Newton, like you said. <laughs> See, I, I can never stay on track. But it's all good. You got yourself back on track. As long as you get the tires back on the road, baby. That's all that matters. <laughs> but Cam Newton is officially a Panther once again. And I th- there were some rumors about him being a Panther over the last few weeks, but everyone's like, it's just like it's a it's a fantasy like Panthers have moved on like you don't want to like have Cam come back in a ruin what Matt Rule has going on right there but Sam Darnold apparently has a fractured shoulder uh and 
I'm guessing the Panthers don't trust uh, PJ, uh, PJ, PJ, Walk- PJ Walker, Walker. PJ Tucker's like in the NBA. He's an NBA player. Yes. He, <laughs> yeah. uh, is he on the Suns? He, he was, no, he was on the Bucks last year. He's definitely on the Bucks. I, I don't know where he is this year though. He's a journeyman. So exactly. I haven't watched too many PJ Tucker games. I'm struggling off with the Celtics. We'll get to them. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to those guys. <laughs> there are a whole different can of worms, but, yeah, Cam Newton, do you think that uh, – Cam? what do you think Cam Newton's role will be on this team? He's getting paid, I think, a non-guaranteed – I think $4 million guaranteed and $10 million total with incentives. So yeah. that feels like a contract for nine, eight games that he's going to eventually start. So what do you think well, of signing? Right. To get the full thing, first of all, he needs to make it to the Super Bowl. So he's not getting all that money. But the fact that he has 4.5 guaranteed for half a season, you got to think about that as that's a 9 million guarantee plus whatever he's going to make. He's only playing half the season and making more than he made in a full year with the Patriots. I mean, the Panthers obviously value him to some degree to where I think they're going to respect what he wants to run on offense. They're not going to make him identify them like linebacker. Like he failed to do here. <laughs> like he's just going to say, hit it. DJ Moore on slants, Robbie Anderson on post routes and Christian McCaffrey on checkdowns. Like those are your three routes, learn them, love them, scramble if you want. And then they're going to have designed runs with him and McCaffrey. And I pretty much think that's how their offense is going to run. Not, it's not going to be too dynamic, but I mean, it'll get the ball moving better than whatever Sam Donald was doing, just constantly turning it over. Now, Cam is a turnover. Those turnovers were just off horrible throws. That yeah. he won't he won't make in his own system. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like Cam is not taking this team to the playoffs this year counter to uh, what some people I know think differently, <laughs> but it, it, this is definitely a prove it half year for Cam. I don't see Cam going back to the Panthers again, but again, I don't see, I didn't see this happening. So this is real. Oh, for me, at least it's a weird signing. Uh, obviously Cam's going to, He's probably going to be the number one jersey seller after this or next week just because his name and being back with the Panthers and everyone wants to get that Cam Panthers jersey back. And he's going to be number one again because no one for the Panthers has number one. But it's so late in the season. I mean, there's they either have eight or nine games left depending on if they had a buy or not. I'm not sure. I think they're four and five, so that means they have not had their buy yet. So eight games left. Um, it, it feels like a weird move for me unless Matt Rule's really trying to make the playoffs with what they have right now. I mean, you got guys like Christian McCaffrey right. good. You said Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. So they have a good group. And I think it might be that Sam Darnold really is just that bad. I don't think it was a it wasn't an Adam Gase issue. It wasn't Adam Gase's fault per se, even though we love to blame him because he, Love to blame Adam Gates. He's a he's a big dumbo. Call call a spade a spade. Yeah, I mean, it, it, two negatives definitely did not equal positive in uh, the Jets. Uh, they were really bad, and Sam Darnold appears to be really bad. And uh, for one second, I think we should uh, memorialize Sam Darnold's career because Bill Belichick has. And his defenses have single-handedly – thank you, Dylan. Bring your head down. Uh, 
football gods, please uh, be kinder to Sam Darnold. Don't let Bill Belichick ruin his season again. Let him have one more opportunity to stink somewhere else. Thank you. Thank you. The people need that. You know what I mean? I, I hear there's going to be a big QB shuffle again this offseason, and I'm hoping some team like Denver or some some franchise is like, we can fix them. They were doing it wrong and just try to do it. Two franchise didn't. And we get more of seeing ghosts. I mean, we need those turnovers. Same thing with Jameis Winston. I love that. He's been had a great year with the saints. Cause I think he's also going to be a starter next year. And that's the type of QB that I love to watch just as a football fan. Someone that's just going to be a turnover machine. I love them as starters. I think personally, Jameis Winston is the newer version of Ryan Fitzpatrick where one game James can carry the team throwing 300 yards and somehow get a miraculous one. And then the next week he's throwing off his back foot. He's a uh, gang sacked left and right, just throwing up for grabs. And I think James Winston's carrying the torch that Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, has held for so many years. And in Sam Darnold's case, I'm guilty of uh, believing in him because uh, during the off season before uh, the Mac Jones, I was like, Hey, well, let's take a crack at Sam Darnold. I think it's uh, you were fault. kicking the tires on Sam Darnold. I, I thought we should at least give. I I, I was kind of delusional. I thought uh, Matt Stafford was going to come here, even though Patriots have one team. Matt Stafford said he didn't want to play for. So no, please, just he's don't too trade soft me New for England. New England. Yeah, too soft for New England. My, my master plan was a uh, Sam, uh, not Sam Darnold. Um, was Matthew Stafford and Allen Robinson and getting this offense back and running, which I mean, we could have afforded it, but instead we paid Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Jalen Mills, which, um, and Johnny Smith was a big waste of money. Uh, I have like a beef of Johnny Smith on this podcast every week. Uh, like he does nothing. And as looking back at just his past film, like he didn't do enough for him to warrant that much money. Like we definitely could have gone for a lot less, I think, but. Yeah, that's me with Kyle Van Noy. Even his first run with the Patriots, sometimes he would look like an outstanding outside linebacker, and other times he would have the worst ball pursuit you've ever seen. He'd look like someone in Pop Warner trying to run down. Like, it was horrible. So I feel you on just having a grudge with a specific Patriots player. Kyle Van Noy is that with me. I mean, we're not paying him much this year, but for before, he could just be so nauseating sometimes. Mm, No, I agree. You definitely see that with Kyle Van Noy, but – uh, I don't want to get down the Jonah Smith rope, but like he always looks so fast when he has the ball and he, he, all he can go is the straight line. He can't like make a side juke or anything. He's like really fast straight and gets tackled. And that's about it. Yeah. He's a freak athlete, but he doesn't know how to use it. Exactly. That's why we need to throw him uh, like slants and screens. He can't do much more than that route running at least, but wrapping up with uh, Cam Newton, do you think they have any chance of making the plus with Cam Newton? Or uh, let me uh, start preface it with when do you think Cam will actually start? And when he starts, do you think they have a chance to make the playoffs? So I don't think he starts next week. I think Arizona's defense would give him hell. I have been a proponent of Arizona before the season started. I've been tooting the horn. I think I told you I bought a JJ Watt shirt before the season started Cardinals. Yep. I've, they set this team's total over under at like eight and a half before the year started. I was telling everybody hammer the over and they have a chance to get that in week 10 <laughs> to hit the over. I mean, I didn't think they were going to be this good, but I don't think you start Cam Newton on like three or four days notice against a defense that just features 
a lot of versatile players like Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, guys that could almost play as hybrid linebackers, corners, and like the stone safeties. I mean, it's it's really cool to see what the Arizona's defense schemes up sometimes. So you're not going to see Cam Newton this week. I think you'll see Cam Newton earliest week 11. That's if he's in football shape, which you see Cam Newton. He is a physical specimen as much as a crap quarterback as he is. He he does stay in shape. So I think he'll be ready to go week 11. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything said. Uh, definitely. I, PJ, well, I don't even know if he's going to dress up this week. I, I doubt they'll probably have like a practice squad quarterback there and just hope that uh, PJ Walker doesn't get hurt. But I think you have to start him how much you're paying him for such a short notice. So I think that it's kind of an indictment that they don't really believe in PJ Walker, even though I think Matt rule coached uh, PJ Walker in, the, in college it, it was in, in the XFL. Was the XFL? No, 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 no. It was in college. And then PJ Walker was in the XFL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he lit it up in the XFL. With the yeah. Eastern rebels. Was it? I have no idea. But, don't remember any XFL team name. It, the rock owns XFL. It's going to be electrifying come 2023. I think. I, oh I don't God. know. Not again. Anytime I think about the Rock, I just think about his rap now. Uh, that I love. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love like the videos with using that uh song. Like I'm totally gonna send you on a side tangent. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the the fake. Uh, it's my drive. It's what Ungers. Uh, it, it's hype. It's yes, that is very hype. It's how uh. Uh, new fathers relate to their kids by listening. You like rap, right? Here's rock. We like the rock and rap. But yeah, that that, <laughs> that should be the XFL theme song. It's <laughs> just that part, not even the whole song. Just just that part, and we run every commercial break too. <laughs> it's like how the, the commercials, the, the players like hitting each other, making plays. It's the stadium music too during the game. You just hear it in the background of the commentators. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rock. Brain, brainwashing it. people with the rocks rap. <laughs> it's like, like I don't know if you watch Family Guy, but like when a uh, uh, Cleveland stuck in the chair and they're watching the direct TV, like uh, all XFL fans are just uh, worth oh, like, rock, <laughs> rapping rocks. Uh, <laughs> oh, song that's so funny. Uh, great song. If you haven't listened to it, great listen. <laughs> <laughs> Not that the rock needs it, but go give him a click, go yeah. give him a listen. Yeah, help out small businesses. Help out The Rock with uh, 200 million followers on Instagram. Oh, all right. That was good. So from one Instagram, uh, what's the word? Uh, one Instagram influencer to the next, Odell Beckham. Okay. He uh, decided to uh, ship off to LA to be uh, freed. LeBron Take James. talents to Hollywood. Yep. LeBron James freed him. Let's make that clear. Free OBJ, LeBron James did the heavy work getting him to LA with him. And <laughs> so, uh, Dylan, I, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the podcast, but you talked about it right before the podcast. You had uh, a unique inside scoop on the uh, news of Odell Beckham going to the Rams. Yeah. So uh, I was working on the Merloni and Fourier show today, and we had Adam Schefter on as a part of. Christian Fourier's 25 for 25 fundraiser. That's he's on the air for actually 29 hours to raise money for diabetes awareness. And just for the, I think he donated to the diabetes association of America. 
um Which is insane out 29 hours like yeah i well i don't even know if i named that correctly so don't even hold me to that but what i can tell you is the exact number he raised one hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. holy moly as an aside yeah so he, he way way surpassed his goal um anyways on the show with adam schefter i just had to give fourier his flowers quickly um adam schefter was on and fourier was asking him a question and actually mid question adam schefter was like hold on hold on we got about 30 seconds of silence and he's like yeah guys i'm gonna break the story in about 30 minutes and we said oh what's that odell and then he just kind of laughed silence and he said have a good one guys click (laughs) I can put the, the audio in of that just to get a reference. Oh, yeah. So here's the audio now. Have you, have you, what do you think the, the, uh, the, what's the talk been like around the league regarding the Patriots and their, the, I guess their recent resurgent, you know, three, three yeah. game, three wins in a row? Are teams nervous of them? Um, uh, oh, hold on one second. <laughs> Oh, did he sign? You want to announce it right now? Oh, Beckham Jr. Oh, signing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy, what do we got oh, going on here? Great. Shefty bomb. What do we have going on here? He's got, like, five phones OBJ. Right I mean, this should be a great way to announce OBJ to New England. Uh, James Farron's back on the active roster. <laughs> oh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> I, no, I like I'm that. I'm kidding. Look at this. This is beautiful. Shefty's I just mean, sort of, give me a little minute here. I know. Hold on. Possible. Give me a little minute. Now, now, you know, now might be a good time that we have a Bose headphones giveaway coming up. Yeah, we do. Is that next after, break? After this, yes. after this break. So once Shefty kind of gets the news and hey guys, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step away. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I'm going here. Okay, um, uh, we'll be. I think we I think we'll get some news here in the next half hour on something. So, ooh, is it even OBJ? <laughs> I, uh, guys, <laughs> thank you. All, All right, right, thanks. Oh, oh look my at that. God. Oh man, thanks. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Adam. Oh man, he's like later. Boom, that was pretty cool. Pretty yes, cool. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was. it's cool to have a guy like Adam Schefter on the show because you always think about how often he's getting news. And we got breaking news on the spot, and we were pretty much inferring that's OBJ signing. And Fourier got actually a text from Schefter apologizing that he left mid-interview after. He's like, sorry, I was on the phone with the Rams. Um, obviously Schefter was just texting me just now. Apologizing? No, well, yeah. He was like, listen, man, I was on the phone with the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's what we so that's how it works, you know. He gets the information from those guys. So that was literally <laughs> someone in the Rams organization calling Schefter during our interview with him. So I put two and two together immediately. I mean, I think most of everyone listening did. That that's OBJ news. So I had a feeling OBJ was getting traded right away. Yeah, when Adam Schefter has to hang up on a live radio show to talk to someone, there's no other NFL news that uh would warrant that. Like if it's a uh, Patriots are signing a fullback, obviously he's not gonna hang up. James with that. Devlin out of retirement. James Devlin, that next surgery healed up nicely. He's back. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it was safe to infer that. So that, that was a pretty cool uh, experience for you, for sure, going through that. So what are your actual thoughts on Odell joining the uh, super times three team that is the Rams? I don't like, yeah. have any money. See, my, I love Odell, and I think he's very talented. 
I don't think he's going to be used as much as people think, but I think he's going to get consistent usage because the Rams offense always dictates that what Matt Stafford is doing is what Jared Goff could never do even on his best day. So they're able to sustain three wide receivers, but they all can play the slot, but cup and, um, Odell also play on the boundaries. So you can really mix them around. I don't think Odell's going to get a ton of usage at first, but I think when this comes playoff time, this is going to be a tough team to match up with because any of those guys can get demand a double team. Robert Woods, you've, uh, I don't know how many Rams games you've seen this year, but they use him out of the backfield sometimes on like jet sweeps. I mean, he, he's the utility guy. Yeah, he, he's their utility guy. And just with Cooper Cup eating up all these targets, now he doesn't have to eat up all these targets. He's going to remain fresher. You know, Matt Stafford can really choose where he wants to go. Tyler Higby's a top 10 tight end, I would argue. This offense just got even deeper. Then, I mean, I just got to mention the other side of the ball, obviously, Vaughn Miller. We saw him on FaceTime with OBJ while this news was breaking. And they're just a very deep, talented team to where – their superstars are just going to make plays sometimes. That's how it is in the NBA where just some guys are going to hit shots and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> These guys are going to make plays and there's nothing you can do about it. Not that Odell is what he was, but I would still say Odell comfortably is a top 30 wide receiver in this league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, if you watched Odell's dad's 11 uh, minute video of him uh, being open and Baker not hitting him, that could uh, sway you to believe that, he still has in that Baker just stinks where I think it's somewhere in the middle where I, I'm sure Odell's kind of uh, regressed a little just because he's been injured so often and he kind and of the, yep. One thing I got to mention, he was never a fit in Cleveland. Cleveland is a run first team. I mean, you can look at where they just put their money in the last two days with Joe Petonio and Wyatt Teller getting massive contracts at the guard position. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even lock up tackles at big money. These two guards granted that I think they're graded the second and third ranked guards right now. This team is built on running. They paid Nick Chubb. This team doesn't even have money for Baker. They're not even concerned about QE because they know they're going to win games with run and with strong defense. So they're, they might even let Baker walk in a year. Like, they were never worried about the pass game. And then you had Jarvis Landry on top of that. So you had someone that was equal, maybe a slightly less than Odell. It was never going to work for him there in the first place. And not to mention they have like uh, Austin Hooper, Pro Bowler, David and David Joku before Austin Hooper came was supposed to be an yep. upcoming great tight end that and he's had one game, good game this year. And that's a team, a team that likes to use the run game, loves to mix in the tight ends. You've seen that with the Patriots because you can have the tight end fake run block leak out. Look how many passes Gronk did that with just a simple block check, run a route, easy 10-yard gain. I mean, that's the Browns offense in a nutshell. They're so run focused. They were never going to be able to feed more than one wide receiver to a superstar level, what he's expecting. Yeah, so... I'm I'm shocked. I thought Odell would uh go. I, I thought Packers would have been a good option. I I'm happy he didn't go to Kansas City. I'm happy he's not in the AFC just so we didn't have to hear about it. So we didn't have to hear Nick Wright talking about uh, the Chiefs. Thank are. God. Ugh, I can't stand Nick Wright. Yeah, he he's so pretentious. He like he's he's Colin Cowherd, but like much more annoying. 
Nick Wright is a piece of poop with a vocal cord. That's what <laughs> I think of his opinions. Yeah, he's entertaining, but he's incredibly annoying. But that's enough Nick Wright talk. So for Odell signing with the Rams, in my opinion, uh, I'll let you uh, say what you think in a second. But if they were in the AFC, I think it'd be total – if the Rams were in the AFC, it'd be a total – a Super Bowl or bust scenario. Since in the NFC, the NFC is so uh, top heavy. Like the Buccaneers have already had three elite receivers in AB, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. So right. they're kind of not copying what they're doing, but not to mention Gronk. Gronk and um, OJ uh, Howard, Cameron Braid. Yeah, they yeah. use all three. I mean, they don't throw to the those other two a ton, but the fact that Brady spreads it out so much, Scotty Miller. Um, they have that rookie that I'm blanking on. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> but the like, Bucks are just as stacked with weapons, but have a lot more experience being together. Bucks defense, the whole Buccaneers team came back from the Super Bowl team last year, so they're stacked still. Cowboys are showing, even though they're a little injury uh, plagued right now, they're proving to be a really good team. Arizona, like you said, they're a juggernaut right now. So just because there are so many elite teams in the NFC. I wouldn't put this as a Super Bowl bust officially, but I think if you don't make it to at least the NFC championship game, that it's kind of embarrassing because you, you just have names of names. Like if you ask an NFL casual fan, just name players that they know of, they're going to name a lot of these players on the Rams. Like Von Miller is going to come to mind. Aaron Donald's going to come to mind. Odell. They got Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey. They got names upon names on that team and they have no future. Like in five years, this team's going to be screwed. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) they, they have guys that they don't even, they just brought back Leonard Floyd on a decent sized contract too. And he's somebody that was like super underappreciated with. You remember him with Chicago with him and Khalil Mack, like that was a sick pass rush. I mean, he's a great, um, I guess part two of a one-two punch. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting to see um this how this method works because if you've ever if you know anything about poker, this is all like this is putting all your chips in the middle and seeing what happens because if you don't get a championship out of this year or next year, I, I think if you're the Rams, you must win a championship either this year or next year. That's the Super Bowl or bust. This is pushing all your chips into the table and then dropping your nutsack on the table right after. Like mm-hmm. this is saying like we are all in. If we don't win, like we're we're screwed because if the Rams <laughs> don't win it in the next three years, they're like you said, they're screwed. They have no picks in these next few coming years. All their high paid guys are going to be on the wrong end of 30. Like yeah. what are they supposed to do? And I don't think they have a first round pick until 2024, I want to say, maybe 2025, one of the two years. Like, once they're eligible to trade their first round pick, they're going to trade it because they just don't want it. And that's what Belichick should do, honestly. He blows, besides Mac Jones, he sucks at first round picks. I was talking about it uh, with a buddy of mine from work. We could have had, in theory, now I get Wyatt Teller was a fifth round pick, but we could have taken Wyatt Teller over Isaiah Wynn. DK Metcalf over Harry and Chubb over Michelle. Like, just think about how different this team is with just those three. If we could actually hit on first round picks. And I, I think I saw, again, I 
this could be wrong, but just coming from the top of my head right now, I think I saw that in 2018, it's, I think it was confirmed that the Patriots were really interested in signing Baker Mayfield or whatever year he's drafted. And if yeah, the trading Browns, up. yeah, if the Browns didn't take him first of all, we're going to trade our uh, Sony Michelle and um, oh, um, our left tackle uh, Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn. I don't know. I just blanked on his name. We're going to trade those two guys for Baker Mayfield, which I don't think would have been worth it. But at the it would have been worth it knowing we had those two guys. But Knowing what Baker I don't think is we now. win the Super Bowl versus the Rams, though, if we do that. I think Sony Michelle was a crucial part of that. Now, Isaiah Wynn was hurt most of the year. Like, and in total, like looking at it now, yeah, the Wynn pick probably wasn't the better of the two picks. And we took him, I think, 23rd. We could have capitalized on that way better. We would have been better off packaging that up. And Sony Michelle, again, like I said, Nick Chubb was after him. So, yeah. <laughs> Philip Lindsay was undrafted that year. I mean, you just had way better backs go all after Michelle. Same thing with Harry. I mean, I could go off on Belichick's first round drafting. Yeah. Mac Jones came to him, but it's it's yet to see on Mac. I think Mac's going to be a good QB though. I think Mac has sold on me enough on that, but I know I've kind of side gone off on a side no, that, tangent on this that's what now. this podcast is about is not uh sticking <laughs> this point a and point b and a bunch of stuff in the middle like you don't know what's gonna happen in the middle but we'll we'll, we'll talk uh them in a second but just a general question regarding uh odell to the rams how do you think this affects the nfl landscape do you think that now this is at least the rams like the so- rams are gonna get the number one seed Someone from the NFC West is getting the number one seed, whether it's Arizona or whether it's the Rams. I mean, those are, and I think that's your NFC championship at this point too. As much as Green Bay looks like a juggernaut, they've shown massive holes. Yeah. Like, and just what they're going through as an organization right now, Rogers is always going to ball out, but how's that going to gel in January? I mean, we saw them absolutely collapse versus the Bucs. They had it going offensively, but their defense just pooped itself. Yeah. And the, the insanity about the NFC is just the top of my head. You got Arizona, you got Green Bay, Tampa, um, you got the Cardinals, uh, Rams. I think I didn't repeat any Cowboys. All those teams. I can make legitimate argue. I can make a legitimate argument for them to be the best team in the AFC if you switch one of them over to the AFC. Like I think any of those teams oh, yeah. can be one seed in the AFC right now. Oh, because because the AFC is wide open. Tennessee's the number one seed in the AFC right now. And tell me honestly, right now, would you pick Tennessee to win a playoff game right now? I mean, I I think they had the magic. Obviously, they, they crushed the Rams, so credit to them. But right, I but, think that's but honestly. Kind of the, I no, I think that's the magic of uh them trying to rally together in uh trying to play for Derek Henry. But I think that's gonna fade fast. Uh, Julio Jones looks like a shell of himself with the Titans. All they really have is AJ Brown and um uh, Adrian Pearson, who's a uh, he's back like Adrian Pearson, thirty six year old Adrian Pearson. Right. So I mean, AC's the Titans. Open. Right, Titans are like a good story. The Chiefs look like a mess. I mean, we're about to see Baltimore tonight. I think Baltimore is probably your best team at this point in my in my eyes. But just a few weeks ago, look at how we viewed Baltimore. We were like, 
Oh, they can't get it done. It took Lamar Jackson clutching three games for us to give Baltimore respect. And if you think about that, if any of those games or two of those games don't go that way, we're not talking about the Ravens this way. They're not six and two, I think is what they are right now. Mm -hmm. Like, no no way. The Bills kind of stink. They're five and three, but like (laughs) they have not been an impressive five. Their losses, their losses are unimpressive. Yeah. Like loses to the Jaguars. And I think they, they were tied three, three going to the fourth quarter against Miami, the Miami dolphins, uh, the week prior or there, this something with their offense. I mean, I, I know this because I have Manny Sanders and fantasy, but the fact that he didn't even get a catch the week before this <laughs> last one isn't he's your number two receiver in that offense. I mean, as crazy as it would be, that would be like if Hunter Henry didn't get a catch for us in a game like it's to that magnitude where it's like their offense is just totally gone all over the map I mean Steph Diggs has been pretty good he wasn't as good as he was last year but yeah I definitely think Josh Allen took a step back yeah and I thought he would I don't think it was this much I thought Josh Allen like everyone's saying he was Patrick Mahomes where I mean now you can probably still argue Josh Allen's Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes also stinks so I don't want to be on my um my Patriots uh fanboy BS, but just just hear me out for one second. So this Rams team is looking like the greatest show on turf with all these weapons. They look unstoppable with all these names. Uh, this uh plucky Patriots team, the AFC is looking kind of wide open. Uh, teams are kind of unperforming. Patriots are starting to find a rhythm of team football i i don't think it's gonna happen but i'm just saying what if what i if? i knew i knew exactly <laughs> where you're going with this and we asked rodney harrison about this the comparisons of this team to the of one team and yes we have some studs on defense but i don't think you have like your willie mcginnis well, like a tie law on this defense. You traded your tie law for a fifth round pick or sixth round pick to Carolina. That's true. That's very true. He, he picked you off last week. <laughs> and then I just don't think Hightower is what he used to be. I mean, he's nothing like Willie McGinnis was on that defense. And those two guys are what I point to in particular because they were so made so many big plays for that team and yes judon makes a lot of big plays and jc jackson make a lot of big plays but do you think they're going to be able to step up in the clutch like that for three four straight playoff games no, yeah it's definitely far-fetched for sure i i just i like the i, th- I think i hear a lot of people uh, on radio shows calling and talking about that and it's definitely far-fetched but it's a Interesting storyline to look at, especially if the Patriots beat the Browns this week, because uh, we'll get into that after we talk a little uh, about the game last week. But Browns are going to the game 50-50 on Nick Chubb. I think – I think uh, what's-his-face is going to play? Uh, their D-end. Devion Clowney? No, not to Davion Clowney. Um. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah, he he's been out the last two days with a, a foot injury. Uh, I I suck with names, but it's all good. I I just follow a bunch of teams like really. That's why I could name like everybody on the Browns <laughs> defense. <laughs> but Miles Garrett, I know he's been out the last two days with a foot injury, and Nick Chubb is out with COVID. 
And if both those guys are out, I think this becomes a must win for the Patriots. Like you can't lose this game and consider yourself a playoff contender, in my opinion. Yeah, this this game is just as big as last week. I know I feel like as Patriots fans, we keep saying this. We are having moral victory Monday after moral victory Monday. And then after our real wins, we're like, this was a huge win. This is a statement win. Every week is a must win. But you know what? That's the season in a nutshell. We have to take it week by week, as Belichick has told us for years. And we've just kind of laughed at him because we could wake up, fall down the stairs and get 12 wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It, it was effortless for the Patriots to be almost in the first seed for so many years, the number one seed. So now we really do have to take it week by week, matchup by matchup with this team because we are capable of beating any team because we showed that we could have beat Tampa Bay if we had the balls to go for it on a fourth down. Like we should have beat the Cowboys if uh, uh, we don't call a cover one on a fourth and a, or a third and 26. What are we doing having Jalen Mills on like CeeDee Lamb? I mean, to quote like Richard Sherman in the inverse, CeeDee Lamb should have been like, what are you doing with a sorry ass corner on me like Jalen Mills? <laughs> like CeeDee Lamb's going to eat him 10 times out of 10. Yeah. So we sh- there's games we should have won. And I th- it comes down to coaching errors and player errors. And when you start the season two and four, every game does become must win because they're are like nine teams that have five wins along with the Patriots. So it's we as easily mm. like we're as close to we are to being the one seed. We're also as close to being the 12th seed. So, and you know, what hurts most of all is that loss to the dolphins in week one. Yeah. That's, that's- going to kill us. Looking back, we're going to be like a game or like if we had one more win, if say we made the playoffs, we could have better seeding. Mm-hmm. But like for the division, it could come down to one game with Buffalo because we still have two games to play them. We're going to kick ourselves so hard for losing that Miami game. Damian Harris's fumble just was so costly. It was. And I was in a Tampa airport for that. And, uh, Everyone, the Tampa employees at the airport laughed at us for when Damian Harris fumbled. So that was very sad for me. I'm sorry you had to deal with them. Thank you. Those, Thank you for those <laughs> fraudulent human beings. <laughs> no. Oh, that was that was a good time though. But I, I before we talk about uh the Browns game in general, I wanted to bring up one last uh point that has been uh at least buzzing the local uh New England media, and that is uh Mac Jones's tackle on Brian Burns. Like it felt like a nothing tackle, exactly. A little crybaby. Like uh, I loved Brian Burns before this too, and now I like don't like him. I always always someone to gas up Brian Burns. Like he was a stud coming out of Florida State. He's still so young. Like he's gonna be a force in the league for years to come. He's gonna get a big payday whenever he's a free agent. Like. Brian Burns is the real deal, but he's such a bitch. I mean, obviously, Mac Jones didn't mean to twist your ankle. He thought you had the ball. You just clocked him. If I just, like, leveled you and you just turn around and I'm my back is to you, all he did was grab his ankle. Burns is an idiot and tried to twist out of it. He twisted his own ankle. I mean, yeah. they're all saying Mac Jones twists his ankle. You think Mac Jones can hold uh 200, like, I don't know, 50 pound man by his ankle and just twist him like that and bring him to the ground. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree with everything you're saying. 
Brian, like I, I personally did not know Brian Burns before this game. And when Mac Jones made that tackle and you saw Brian Burns, like, uh, like just on the field, just like what, what it looked like. He's like read like in a lot of pain. I was like, Oh, like this must be a big injury. Like this guy's in a lot of pain. And he came back in the game. He made a tackle. He injured Damian Harris on like, during the game, I think he re-injured his ankle himself on the next play after yeah. Harris. Yeah, so like this this dude Brian Burns, I, I have no problem with him uh coming out to the media and uh telling his fellow uh, DNs uh, happy hunting. See, I think that's stupid. I think that's wicked stupid. It's, I think hundred percent stupid. Your vendetta is your vendetta. Like he didn't go and twist Miles Garrett's ankle. So why is Miles Garrett gonna lay a cheap hit on him for you? And like I have no problem with him saying it, but at the same time, it just means he's a big tool bag. Like he's just a douche. And but I do have a problem with him asking for an apology. Like who have you ever gotten an apology from anyone playing football? Like, right. You're one of the time have you demanded an apology. Has a QB ever asked for an apology when you rush from a blind side and they didn't see you coming and you level them into next week and they lost their yeah. breath for a minute? Like, they they had a sign language the next play in the huddle because they couldn't breathe. Like, yeah. So, Brian Burns, huge tool bag. Like, no, no response. But I liked him. Thought I liked him. He he's soft. That that's all you have to say. He's soft. Asking for an apology, and I I give a lot of credit to Mac Jones because if that was me, and this huge guy is like angry at me asking for t- apology, I would cave instantly. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know if you know this story. Um, Burns actually sacked Mac Jones in high school, and had like no idea who he was or something like that. And Mac was like, "Oh yeah, like whatever." He had a big celebration, and Burns was acting all cock. Like, "Oh yeah, I, I don't know. I had no idea who he was." Yeah, I saw I saw that on the a CBS broadcast of uh, the actual sack, but and I think on the broadcast they said Mac knew him, but they never mentioned if uh, uh, Burns knew who Mac Jones was. And Burns trying to big time Mac Jones like, "Yo, I was too uh, big time. I had no idea who that guy was." Like, right? It's because Mac was in the on. like grade below him or the class below him. Yeah. So Brian Burns, tool bag, like. No respect yeah. for you, Brian Burns. You're, you're no longer the coolest guy on the Panthers defense. That That is Jeremy Chin. Mm, I, I like that. <laughs> Jeremy Chin's the man. I wish I wish the, the Patriots could have a Jeremy Chin on their defense. I mean, Kyle Duggar is basically a poor man's Jeremy Chin, to give you a solid comparison. Uh, I, I've had a lot of higher hopes for Kyle Duggar than when he's done. He's, he's good at running defense, and I thought he'd be much better at uh, – I thought he'd be a perfect like, covering a tight end guy, but it always feels like tight ends kind of cook him on coverage. Yeah. But to uh, finish the Mac Jones point, if Mac Jones can UFC take you down by your ankle and that easily without you helping him by twisting, like I agree, he definitely did twist to try to like fall down. Then you need a better strength and conditioning coach because I, I think I could have a good fight with Mac Jones and not fall down. That's that's S A W F T soft. Soft, yes, I like that. Little, little end zone cast reference there. <laughs> De- definitely soft, not not just normal soft. It's soft. Yeah. All right, so that's that. I I don't want to talk about Brian Prince anymore. I've, we've seen it way too much all week, and 
what uh, Odell's been kind of covering up the fact that we're facing the Browns this week. And I was kind of concerned. I saw a few reports of people saying that Patriots could be overlooking the Browns because everyone's so focused on the Odell news and where he's going to go. So I'm very happy he decided to Odell decided to go to uh, make his choice now and go to LA because now it's enough time to focus whether it was a distraction or not. I'm not sure, but it's definitely a lot of the players were commenting on it and that's unusual for the Patriots. Usually the, the you'll hear the players have the typical Belichick response of we're going to leave that up to management. I don't, I'm not involved in player personnel. Like Tom Brady used to always say at any time a big free agent was there, we'd ask him about it. He'd be like, Oh, I'm not the GM. I don't make those decisions. And it's <laughs> like, well, you're obviously involved with them. Like, to some degree, but in short, yeah. So it was a distraction. So I'm happy it was uh, made clear now so we can kind of focus or they can, I keep saying we, I'm, I tried not to say we when talking about the Patriots because I don't want to look like a, a homer, but sometimes as a fan, I want to say we. Hey, I'm listen, the, the homer is what makes you you. You should fully embrace it. I will. I, I appreciate it. I need to uh, be less self-conscious about that. But let's get right into this Browns Patriots game because I'll I'll be honest. If you ask me about this matchup after, say, uh, the Houston game, I would be uh, scared out of my mind about this game. That they would just run all over us. They'd body us. We're not in any place to compete with a team like the Browns. But that's why they play the games. That's why each week there's always something new happening. And now I'm in the mind process of we should win this game not can we win this game i think it would be an upset if we lost this game what what do you think um i at this point yeah because this is definitely one that we need to win is how i'll kind of label it so if we lose i'll definitely be disappointed but I don't think I would be shocked if the Browns game plan went like if Nick Chubb rushed for like 120 yards and we played it close and the Browns won. Ultimately, that's what should happen. The Browns are a better team on paper, but the Patriots, like we've talked about with Belichick, usually scheme up something to eliminate that. But the last time we played the Browns, Nick Chubb destroyed us. So if we can if we can correct that, I mean, it's one thing, but our, our D-line has a long day going up against that Browns O-line. That Browns O-line is physical. They they pancake guys regularly. Like mm-hmm. that is a strong O-line. They create big holes for Nick Chubb and when when he hits the hole, I mean, he he has such good acceleration. It's almost guaranteed to be five, six yards. I think he's averaging something like six or seven yards a carry this year. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I think the team's averaging like 5.2 yards per carry, no matter who it is. So they're loaded. And I I think it's, we should win only based off Nick Chubb not playing Sunday. If Nick Chubb plays this Sunday, then I think it's like a coin flip because I do agree the Browns are more talented on paper. And the Browns often sign so good it makes a guy like De Ernest Johnson a household name during a game on a rush for a hundred yards. I mean, yeah. that that's pretty crazy. I mean, you could pretty much plug 50 other running backs in that game and they would have done the same thing. I mean, that offensive line really gets to work. And you mentioned the two tight ends, Austin Hooper and David Njoku are both excellent, excellent blockers, and they're both huge. Mm-hmm. So it 
it's I think it's gonna be a low scoring game personally. I just feel that Belichick's gonna be able to come up with a plan to slow down Baker and this run offense. We did good last week slowing down uh we did good on run defense. We've been doing good on run defense the past few weeks, so I'm confident that we're not going to stop him. I still think the Browns will rush 100 yards for whoever's carrying the ball, but I think we will limit that and force him to throw it a little more. Trisha's uh, bend, don't break. Yeah, the, the classic Belichick ways. Let them get their yards, and then when it comes down to it, we can kick field goals. I mean, what what you really want of this game, I mean – Two main pointers for the defense is Dante Hightower needs to study the hell out of his playbook because he's not the fastest, but we need the middle linebackers to be big in this game. Because like I said, the O-linemen like fill the holes. You got to meet Nick Chubb at the line because he can't be averaging five yards a carry this game. It's not going to work because they'll run it 10 times in a single drive. Like that's that's number one for me. And number two, what you said, force them to pass the ball. I mean, you got to kind of stuff the box and force Mayfield to make quick decisions because we've seen that. He's not the best under pressure, and especially with his shoulder hurting, we have a chance to get some picks this game if we make him throw the ball. Yeah, I agree. And watch, even though Chris McCaffrey is coming off an injury, seeing how we uh, were able to at least limit him, uh, it gives me a little more confidence. Obviously, Nick Chubb's more of a physical running back and – I think Christian McCaffrey's a little more finesse, but it gives a hundred percent, hundred percent. So it gives me more confidence uh, in that aspect. But again, Browns have so many weapons, two tight ends to cover. You got solid wide receivers like Donovan Peoples Jones. Once Odell leaves, gets a sixty-yard touchdown, go route. So I don't think we're immune to that happening. Patriots are usually good at limiting those big plays, but it, the idea of Baker Mayfield being significantly better without Odell scares me. Cause I I'm kind of a believer in that uh, theory because he, he's like last year, once Odell got hurt, the Browns made their run addition by subtraction. I, I wholeheartedly believe that's the case with Odell. And I don't think it's necessarily Odell's fault. I just think that's Baker felt no pressure to look for him. There, there's no, there was no place for Odell. And now that he's gone, I think that Baker Mayfield is, just a better quarterback than he was prior. So Fair. that part scares me. Our secondary, it always scares me. I mean, not even secondary start past defense. McCordy uh, and Phillips have been good this year, though. I've been Adrian happy with Phillips. the two of them. Yeah. Adrian Phillips has been nice. I mean, we almost use him as like a hybrid pass rusher. Yeah, Adrian Phillips has been great. What uh, concerns me, even though we crushed the Panthers last week, I'm sure you saw it. There's a play. Um, I think Dante Hightower has moved one-on-one against Chris McCaffrey, and Chris McCaffrey could not have been more wide open in the end zone, but Christian Barmore was able to swat the ball down. And mm-hmm. those plays like that scare me. A guy like Christian Barmore needs to have a big game to get pressure and to make sure to kind of protect the Patriots from some busted coverages like that. Like that's plays it's going to take to win. Yeah, I mean, the two guys in particular, Devin Godchow or Devon Godchow, I don't know how you really go with the first name there, and Barmore need to have big games because, like I talked about earlier, the two guards, Joe Batonio and White Teller, are going to give you a very, very long day because they, the two of them have been huge this year. And, I mean, they've obviously both been paid and rewarded for it. They're both great guards. 
we need our D tackles in particular to have good games if we're going to stand a chance. Yeah, I agree. I think both these teams are very similar to me where it's they're both time of possession teams trying to grind the other opponent's defense down. Like Patriots running team running game is uh it's always by committee and now Brent Bolden's career I think you might have said is resurrected. I think I said yeah, I, 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 I tweeted that. Yeah, it was like, leave it to Bill Belichick to just revive Brandon Bolden's career. <laughs> All of a sudden, he looks like a viable running back, and he's probably going to get signed this offseason, either by us or someone else. But his career is not done yet. <laughs> no, like, so Brandon Bolden's been great. Obviously, you, I, the running backs have been really good. I There's not much more to say about it. Aside from some of the fumbles, like from Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson, but Ramondre Stevenson's been a great uh, surprise. How he's been able to catch out the backfield, I didn't yes. think he was like I. He can honestly, move in space. He he reminds me of a a less talented Alvin Kamara, just like how he moves. Like it looks like he easily runs like Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is a lot more shifty, but he has a lot of the shiftiness too. He's Alvin Kamara of Alvin Kamara ate himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a thick boy. He he gives me, I know a lot of people said it, so it's kind of lame, but he gives me heavy LeGarrette Blunt vibes. Oh, I, I've actually never heard of that comparison. Oh, really? I've heard a couple of people say that. Yeah, LeGarrette Blunt is who Ramondre Stevenson reminds me of. I mean, the way when he gets chugging in space, he's not like the most fast guy, but he's fluid when he gets moving. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he looks like a very easy runner mm-hmm. how, compared to like Damian Harris, who's He's like straight line downhill, like making as many yards. As he, he likes to play bully ball. He's he's a textbook power runner. Yeah. He's not going to try to hurdle anyone ever. He's not going to try to spin move you. He's going to put his shoulder down or try to just have a quick cut. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I know both of them are on the injury report. I think they're both playing this Sunday. I think there's optimism they're going to play, but uh, I've not seen anything about it, which I think that's a good sign because if they weren't going to play, I feel like I'd see a lot more about them being absent from the game. But I think our running backs are going to be a huge key to the game as usual. It's going to be a lot of checkdowns. Again, everyone likes to joke, check down Mac, but the check down king. He's, I would rather Mac check down than to force it between the linebacker and the safety to. Nelson Aguilar and for him to get blown up or intercepted. Mac said earlier in this year when we questioned him about this, he said, you'll never go broke if you're always making a profit. And that's how he looks at it. He looks at it as just those small gains. You're not going to lose games if you're always getting small gains and always getting yardage and doing what the offense needs in the right situation. Just making the right play. Yeah. I, I liked how he's slowly progressively thrown it downfield Beginning of the year is a lot more checkdowns compared to now. I I think he only passed the ball 18 times uh, last week, so he didn't get a lot of opportunity to throw the ball down the field. But he's taking more and more shots, which is good to see. I'd be concerned if it's still continuous checkdowns and the farthest throw, he's throwing like an in-route pass to Hunter Henry for 12 yards. Mm. So I, I'm happy with uh, the progress there. And just like any game, you'll hear it on any uh, sports radio show, podcast, TV show. I think the key to this game is still limiting the turnovers. Once we've limited the turnovers, like our running backs stop fumbling and the most turnovers we have is like one a game. We're winning those games. So just it's very simple, very basic ball security. 
It's so easy. When we faced the Browns last time, Nick Chubb had like a 90 yard should have been a rushing touchdown. And then I think Jonathan Jones, I think it was either Jonathan Jones or JC Jackson punched it out, like right at the five yard line. Mm -hmm. Like it's those kind of plays change the whole dynamic of the game. So just making sure we're on the right side of that again, which obviously is what the Patriots preach all the time. But to me, I think we're a better coach team. They're better just on paper skill team. So it really just comes down to who can have better uh, ball security, really. And I think that will be the key to the game. Oh, dog's getting upset. <laughs> Sorry, we're interrupted. Get your ass over here. Come here. If you're going to interrupt, at least come say hi. <laughs> oh, uh, the dog oh, has made his presence felt. But yeah. uh, don't she's, what? she's so fresh. <laughs> uh, I want a dog so bad. We'll, we'll truck through. I know. I, I uh, remember Baxter. What a I, guy. Oh, gosh. No, maybe not Baxter. Baxter would be a little too much. I need a. I want a dog that looked like Baxter, but not acted like Baxter. My, <laughs> my, my, my version of Marley and me, dog, but Baxter had no uh, um, redeeming qualities. He was, <laughs> was just he, all the bad he, parts. He was more bastard. <laughs> it, my bastard Baxter. Yes. <laughs> All right, so what uh, is your score prediction? Your official score prediction for this game? Ooh, do we know what the line is? Am I allowed to ask that before I settle a score, or oh, should yeah, I yeah. just cold cold turkey it? So I'll give I'll give you a cold turkey score, and then I'll give you a line score once once I figure that out. Okay. So, just based off of how we've been playing of late, I think you're going to see a score like twenty three to twenty six. Patriots. Right. Like Nick that. Folk game winning field goal. I'll give you a hot take. All right. Uh, I mean, I think Nick Folk missed his first field goal inside of 40 yards in like 36 attempts. So I like that pick. So just to give you a hope, I think at the moment the line is either one and a half or two for the Patriots, minus one and a half or two in favor of the Patriots. Okay, so I wasn't too far off with my score prediction. I think I'm going to stay pat at that. 26-23 pats. I like that pick. So, obviously, this is mostly a Patriots podcast, so we're probably going to lean toward the Patriots. But I wholeheartedly believe we're going to win. I predicted us losing to the Buccaneers. That might have been the only game I predicted us losing. So, you know, take that as you will. But I think this is also going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to – either Mac Jones or Bacon Mayfield making a late game mistake and the other team capitalizing on it just because the Patriots are at home. I can't see us going one and five at home. I mean, <laughs> that'd be a preposterous record being one and five tough. at home. So I think we're going to win, make it two and four at home and I'll go a similar score. I'm going to go 23 to 20 Patriots. Nice. So do we know what the over under is? a good question i thought i saw how, i'll do a quick how close search. are we on that yeah because i have it at 49 you have it at 43 i think i think it's 44 but i could be wrong give me like 15 seconds and I'll that's find this. that's perfect then so you're gonna take the under i'll take the over oh so, so the line is at two and a half right now for pats i see and the over under is 45 sweet so you're go you'll go under i'll go over yeah so 
Perfect. I'll take I'll take the under on that game. Um, I think I unofficially because Massachusetts uh gambling sports gambling is illegal. So I have unofficially got the game at one and a half when I talked about it. When I talked about when hey. That's a good number to get. I mean, yeah. you can you can talk about it all the time. We have literal gambling segments on my radio <laughs> show. So yep. So I saw the, <laughs> you I saw don't the, have to worry about that. I saw the line at a minus one on Monday, and it's like this line's it's going to be going towards the Patriots as the week goes on because we're at home. So I got it at minus one. So I'm very happy with that. There you go. Yeah. So that's uh, some page talk. So we're gonna um, wrap this baby up with yeah, our favorite team this is the team that uh definitely doesn't keep us up at night wondering what's wrong with them it is the boston celtics your boston celtics <laughs> the green teamers uh they won three of four so they are on, on a positive track <laughs> believe it or not after what's happened uh so just give me your general thoughts on the celtics uh there's been so much news from a uh, potential Jalen Brown being traded for Ben Simmons. Yeah. So that that's the first thing I wanted to address. Actually, Brad Stevens came out and actually said he talked to Jalen Brown and said, I don't know how you feel about this, but I just want you to know that was never true. I never even discussed trading you to anybody. So I'm glad that's out there. So now we can kind of, as fans to move past this Jalen Brown being traded thing, because he wouldn't have had that conversation if he was actively shopping Jalen Brown, which I think the last time you and I talked, I said, there's no way Ime or Brad are shopping anybody till the earliest to the deadline. The trade deadline day will be the earliest the Celtics make any significant roster move. If that. Yeah. Uh, I think the one roster move that, just for this season, not even the deadline, just this season, the only big move possibly the Celtics could possibly make would be trading Marcus Smart. And I don't even think that's going to happen because we just gave him a new contract and I don't think anyone wants that contract. So yep. I don't see any big moves happening. I think they Celtics are going to do everything they can to keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together to make it work because they're in the system. I, and I think we're going to try to target Bradley Beal come 2022 20, offseason. I don't know how, but they're going to try to free up some space to get a max slot for him. So I think that's the Celtics plan at the moment. But this this Celtics team, like, they had finally had a – who did they play? They finally had a win where they didn't blow it. They kept the lead throughout the game. It was last night. But I I watched like – No, it wasn't Minnesota. They lost first Minnesota, didn't they? Um, I I think so. I, I think it was a Eastern Conference team. Uh, whatever the p- point may be, I'll, I'll quickly look it up. But they finally didn't look like they're caving in. I, I was going back and forth watching it and watching other stuff because the the Celtics team scares me at this point. They played the Raptors. Home. They played Raptors, the Raptors. Yes, yes, yes. And they faced the Bucks on tomorrow or today yes. if you're listening to one on Friday. But it's, I think them facing the Bucks this week's gonna be a a good uh meter test, like testing where they are. They beat the Heat since the last time we talked, which is very shocking because the Heat looked like yeah. beaters of the NBA. So I, I'm just scared it's gonna be what it was like last year. They're gonna have like the highest of highs you can beat like every team in the league, but the lowest of lows you can lose to every team in the league. That's 
what I'm scared this team's going to be. I'm hoping they're starting to right the ship with uh, Ime Udoka, but it, I mean, history tells us they're not going to right the ship, so we'll see. It's a team of runs. I think that's what I have to say about the Celtics. Honestly, I don't have a ton of thoughts on them right now. I definitely was more frustrated with them last week. I think wins care a lot. They care a lot of your feelings about a team and what we may think. And I think this team still has a lot to learn with each other because it still is a newer team. I mean, you have the wise old Al Horford back and I just still think there's some gelling that needs to happen with this team. I don't think you were in championship contention this year. Obviously I think we're roster move away from that, but I think my expectation for the season now rides as a top five seed. Yeah. Uh, I think that's reasonable. I, I predicted they'd finish 58 and 25. I think I, I said, if that uh, math makes sense, I thought they were going to be good. I thought that Brad Stevens, Damn. I thought they, I thought they were <laughs> out the, the coach. I thought this team would be back all the way. Like they got a bunch of good role players. It's not, that's not going to happen. I think we'll be lucky to be a, a 50 and 32 team. If uh, I think that'd be best case scenario right now. If but, this team gets 50 wins, I will be very impressed. I, I, I'd be very disappointed if they didn't get 50 wins because I, I think they should figure this out. I think this team's way too talented not to figure it out. Too young of a team to not try during the regular season. Uh, Anna Horford needs to step up her tweet game. Uh, now that Al's <laughs> back, I have not uh, seen as many tweets as I used to, so she needs to step up her game a little. Um, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, for for me, like I'm. A basketball fan, uh, Katie might call me a casual, as uh, some of the NBA elites uh, say. But don't listen to a word Kevin Durant says. <laughs> the cat, you casual, but uh, I really don't get immersed in the NBA until Christmas Day. Like I, I Christmas watch Day is usually the opening day for most the casuals as we'll call it yeah like I, I i still watch games like when it's on and i'm available i'll watch it but i usually no, don't you follow make it... the team closer yeah I, I just have my magnifying glass closer on the team come christmas day it's santa's treat to us is to critic criticize the celtics losing to uh whatever team they face on Christmas as day. a jewish man you look as forward a, to santa's gifts yeah santa's gifts of <laughs> celtics basketball that's what santa brings me every year down the chimney. exactly <laughs> and lighting my um, uh i almost said yamaka lighting my menorah <laughs> he lights your yamaka on fire <laughs> yeah. santa really has it out against me that i don't light my christmas tree oh santa uh, uh but are they facing the Knicks this year? I want to say. I thought I saw Celtics Knicks or Celtics Bucks, maybe. Um, on Christmas Day, the Celtics have the Bucks. The Bucks. Okay, so th- that is a tall task, but yeah, that's that's when I officially will uh, start pressing on the Celtics. But for right now, for me, it's preseason. I think I'll give the time to Celtics just to hopefully figure out, and hopefully by Christmas we kick it into gear. Even though I think I'm going to the Bucks Celtics game, so I will have Ooh. not Christmas. I'm going to the one tomorrow, so I think. I'll oh, have... nice man! Still, regardless, nice. Yeah, so I'm gonna have a close eye on those guys, making sure that are... even though Jalen Brown is still out, so that's kind of a built-in excuse to lose to Giannis <laughs> and the defending champs when Jalen Brown's out. <sighs> but 
Do you have uh, any other uh, thoughts on Celtics on your mind before uh, we wrap this puppy up? Honestly, I'd love to rip the Celtics, but I can't right now. Honestly, like I said, I have to stick to my word. It's a it's a season of ebbs and flows. So the Celtics are flowing right now. They're getting wins. They won front end to back end last night. At this particular moment, no criticism from me. All right. So uh, one last thing before we sign off, Dylan, I need you to give me one or two picks or three. If you, if you have three confident picks, give me three Ooh. NFL spread picks. One to three, not, not necessarily three. What are well, your guarantees that you think are going to cover? I need to look at this quickly. If you will give me one second, yeah. I no, will. I'll, I'll give you mine. I Okay. I think uh, this this game already happened, so it's not going to be relevant. But at the time, when it was Ravens minus seven, I loved Ravens minus seven against the Dolphins. I think it's at minus eight. Ravens. Okay, Ravens. yeah. Ravens minus seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sorry. Ravens against the Dolphins minus seven. I think it's minus eight and a half now. And we'll find out when this episode's posted tomorrow if that's a, a good take or not. But I, I think the Ravens Ravens are very good at crushing bad teams. And the Dolphins are a bad team on a short week with probably the backup quarterback, to, even though Tua's not much more of a promotion. Pr- pr- promotion? Uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. He's, he's, not, of, he, he's nothing to sing home about. Yeah, he's not an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett by that much. But I, I still like a lot Baltimore minus eight and a half. Okay. And, and, um, and Falcons plus nine. Oh, plus see nine against Dallas. One of, one of the ones I was going to give you is Dallas minus nine. Oh, see, I, I'm not good at gambling. So maybe that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm too good either. One of my other ones I want to give you is green Bay minus three. Right. Who, who are they facing? They're facing. They're the Seahawks at home. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Cause Russell, Russell Wilson might be coming back, but He's, he was just injured, and I don't think the Sox are very good. Yeah, and um, the Rams are coming off of a dud week, but so are the 49ers. So give me the Rams minus four on the road. Yeah, I like those picks. Yeah, I I, I think that's a proving. Are you seeing Rams or Chargers against the Vikings? Because I think the Chargers oh. hit the Vikings. Wait, did I say the Chargers? No, I was saying the the Rams um, versus the 49ers. The Rams. Oh, I thought you said uh, I thought you said uh, Vikings, and I saw the. Vikings. I was gonna say, wait, did I say Vikings? <laughs> we'll have to look back at the tape. I might be delusional. I don't know. It's all good, <laughs> but I like those picks. Um, I also think uh, Raiders plus two and a half against the Chiefs is stealing money personally because I think the Chiefs are just not good. And Ooh, I, I just take okay. a, I take Raiders money line. I, I'd be feeling crazy taking the money line. But nice, that's your hot take one. I, I see. I don't even know if that's. I'll a give hot you a hot take, take one. I'll give yeah. you the Saints money line. I think the Saints are going to beat the Titans this week. That, that and, oh, uh, Saints, Saints are very good at uh, playing uh, up to opponents that they should lose to by a lot, especially mm-hmm. this year. So. Yep. I think that game is just going to be a gutted out game, and ultimately the Saints defense comes up big. I like those. I might have to bet one of them. Uh, there you go. When I, when I go to Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 
Dylan, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Do you have uh, anything you want to promote right now from this podcast platform? Um, I might be doing some podcasts myself. Like I, I had you on, I might be doing a monthly bit of the Celtics where I just kind of collect thoughts and just kind of see how our thoughts of the season goes as we progress. So there's no deadline on that, but that's going to be called the mean green team, the mean green team machine. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I, I have an abbreviation for it. It, it it'll come out a lot smoother than that. <laughs> don't don't worry but you want to follow me on twitter at the real underscore mitch one that's my handle um yeah nothing else to really promote though cool cool so don't thank you so much for coming on this episode podcast i was trying to this is the 85th episode of the next one podcast so we're so congratulations you know congratulations i think we've been doing this podcast for uh since august of 2019 we called it the next one podcast and later once we made the next one podcast the team has slowly gone downhill but i think we're starting to finally turn make the curve we're starting we're to gonna turn up get get out of the red mm-hmm. we're, we're trying but we'll see i think this will be a big game to see if we're getting out of the red or not but don't thank you so much for coming on and thank you i am ryan calling along with special guest dylan mitchell Thank you so much for listening, and until the next one. Pats. 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 Pats.